Hello there and welcome into this edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. This edition includes coverage of the recently concluded Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte, North Carolina. I had the opportunity there to talk with a man who walked away from the NFL in a lucrative contract to pursue the Lord's call in his life. He went into farming and to feed people in Christ's name. You'll meet Jason Brown. Also, some comments ahead from Tim Lovelace, who served as Master of Ceremonies for the event. He is known as a Christian comedian, but he's also a singer, musician, and songwriter. He shared about God's hand on his life and his approach to comedy and joy. And coming up on this edition of The Intersection... Becky Harling has quite a track record as a speaker. You might say she is a communications expert. When we talked at CPE, she offered some comments relative to the importance of listening, especially when parents listen to their kids so that their children will open up. And breaking away from CPE coverage, you'll be hearing some comments from Jason Sobel, a Messianic rabbi who desires to show how a greater knowledge of the Old Testament can help believers' understanding of God's Word in its entirety and the significance of Jesus the Messiah. Material from a recent conversation is ahead. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House, and I'm Bob Crittenden. Jason Brown is the founder of First Fruits Farm in North Carolina and the Ministry of Wisdom for Life. He played in the NFL and had the chance to sign a lucrative contract but decided to follow God's plan for him, so he started a farm, which has been used to feed large numbers of people in need of food. He has written a book entitled Centered, Trading Your Plans for a Life That Matters. He was a speaker at the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte and spoke with me there. From that conversation, this is Jason Brown. What young, you know, 28-year-old, you know, uh, you know, man with a head NFL football coach offering him uh, you know, a, a, a contract is going to tell him that. And that that's what God placed on my heart. And um, I, I'm so thankful. All right. So instead of playing in the NFL, you made the decision to buy a farm mm-hmm. near Lewisburg, North Carolina. And you've been farming full time since 2013. Yes. And what you grow, the majority of what you grow goes to the poor, mainly farming Sweet potatoes. That, that is correct. So tell me about, was that what you thought was going to be the next? Was that already on your mind? Or how did the farming thing come into your consciousness? So I, I asked Jesus, I said, with all of the, the gifts, the talents, the resources, with everything that you blessed me with, what would you have me to do more so than anything else to, to be a blessing to our community, to, to share love with, with our neighbors? And Jesus' response was the same thing he told Simon Peter. I want you to feed my sheep. Mm. I, I, I want you to take care of my, my people. And it wasn't just, you know, being a minister and feeding people the, you know, the, the word of God, but literally to feed his people. And, and, and he took me all throughout, you know, just uh, hunger and food insecurity and how he used Joseph in an awesome and mighty way to prepare for the famine. That, that was going to happen in the land and help to prepare Egypt. And so I said, all right, um, food doesn't just show up in the grocery stores. Uh, it's not found on the dollar menu. You know, where does food come from? 
And I had to reduce this thing to its irreducible primary. And I said, okay, you mean you want me to actually grow food? You mean you want me to be a farmer? And it's just like <laughs> ding, 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 the confirmations everywhere. Wow. All right. And I'm like, and, and now I'm backtracking because I'm like, come on, Jesus. Like, I don't know nothing about farming. I, I don't know anything about a- a- agriculture. Like, how am I going to do this? And, and of course, his response is, hey, just walk by faith and, and not by sight. I, I'll supply your, your every need. And he's, of course, he, he's quoting scripture back to me. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I'll do it. I, I'll, I'll step out on faith. Oh, wow. So, so how does one, you bought a farm. Yes, it's a beautiful thousand acre farm in Lewisburg. So was it operating as a farm at that time or was it pretty much a thousand acres of empty fields? It, it, it was uh. mostly run down, a, a lot of grown up fields at, at the time. And so we, we really had to whip the place uh, back into shape. Uh, even as first, when we first got on the farm, um, you know, I, it's a hundred year old farmhouse. And so had to learn so many different skills, uh, plumbing, carpentry, you know, to, you know, to get the, the place back mm-hmm. up underneath itself, uh, physically. And then we moved out to the fields in 2014. And, and yes, uh, we, we naturally navigated towards sweet potatoes because sweet potatoes, they are the, the state vegetable for North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina is the sweet potato capital of the world, All right. which is pretty awesome. And, and the thing is, is um, they're nutrient-dense. They have a very long shelf life. Um, and, and people know what to do with them. Okay, really? you know, people love to eat sweet potatoes. <laughs> All right, they're becoming more and more popular. And, and so um, a, a lot of the poundage of what we've grown, yes, they have been sweet potatoes, but we've definitely diversified and grown, wow, like tomatoes, cucumbers in, in the summertime, peppers, um, you know, uh, in the fall, you know, we'll grow, you know, squash, um, uh, you know, winter squash, that uh, there'll be... Um, uh, broccoli, cabbage, and, and collards, um, and, and now the perennials. Something that I'm really excited about is even just earlier today, before I drove up here, man, we're putting in uh, pecan trees. Uh, we were putting in uh, blackberries, blueberries, pear trees, like you name it. Awesome perennial fruits that are gonna that are going to come back every single year. Jason Brown here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to the website wisdomforlife.org. Well, next up on this edition of The Intersection, it's comedian Tim Lovelace. He served as the Master of Ceremonies for the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte. He's known as a Christian comedian, but he's also a singer, musician, and songwriter. In our recent conversation, he shared about God's hand on his life and his approach to comedy and joy. He is known for bringing humor with a purpose. Here now is Tim Lovelace. The concept is um, I love that I believe comedy can be a wonderful way to be a fisher of men. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the comedy that I do, my wife actually, she's very intelligent, except maybe at Choosing a husband, I don't know about that, <laughs> but but you but you know, Bob, you're being but, humble. Mary yeah. Alice is, is, yeah. is very very intelligent, and she was the one who came to me one day and said, uh, uh, before this project, before we did this project, she said, you know that you're a Christian who does comedy. You're not. You don't really do Christian comedy. And I was like, do what? She said, most all of your material 
although I'll talk about the Lord, and I, you know, the whole purpose is presenting the Savior, my material is what happened to tomatoes. It's a crazy song. It's relatable stuff that works at a corporate meeting, at a college, at a mm -hmm. secular college. It's uh, uh, things of, uh, about life, about climate change, or just fun takes on, 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 on different things in, in life, uh, coffee. And then, then I'll have on the stage an applicable truth to go to something. But she said, your comedy is really secular. It's all crystal clean. And so then that's when we really realized that um, they, they could market it just to Christian bookstores, which is great. Mm. But mm -hmm. we could go the secular route and the Christian route, and then we could reach more people outside of the church. Yep. And so then I can go to secular events, too, with clean comedy, because a person who's never been to church is not really going to understand jokes about the baptistry. Jokes about a deacon. What do you mean? Oh, you know, if they've never, there's a lot, a lot of people have never been in a church. But if they can find joy and then I can invite them the next time I'm in town, they come out and I may be at a church. Then hmm. they have a chance to listen to and respond to the Holy Spirit. Well, you actually, and you alluded to this earlier, you, this comedy, like you were just sharing, is used to help point people to the real joy. Exactly. So let's talk about comedy, humor, laughter, and kind of the connection between, you know, because happiness and joy mm -hmm. sometimes are used interchangeably. Right. There is something very special about the real joy that is found in Jesus Christ. So how do you take this humor and use it to allow people or to encourage people to experience the real true joy in Jesus Christ? Well, there are a lot of different ways. Um, some, some ways, um, if it's a youth group, sometimes if it's a, it can be young couples, uh, married couples with their, their family. Sometimes I'll pray about it and I'll have a certain emphasis and that emphasis may be uh, God's giftings. And I can do some crazy things, get their attention, get them to laughing, having a good, a good time, and then start talking about a subject, if it's giftings, I can, where we can find joy. Because a lot of people are searching so much. It's not just college kids. People 30 and 40 are just burn out, or they feel like, here's my job, but I go to church on Sunday, and, it, and it's not all connected. But actually, it is all connected. Everything hmm. we do, if we're Christians, we're called to the ministry. To share you know it's not that uh, whether you if you're a plumber and you're a Christian you go in and do your job so I may talk about giftings uh, such as man came up with fine art so we have put these labels of if you're a painter you're talented if you're a musician you're talented you know if I place a big song on the piano you know people consider you know, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, full of sound and fury signifying nothing most of the time. But the point is, uh, we say fine art. But Paul told Timothy to stir up the gifts. And every person is unique. Mm. And if I can talk to that young person, that young girl, that, per, that family who's searching and go, no one has your testimony. The giftings inside of you, the people you've met, no one else has it. 
just like you. Sometimes I bring it down just where I can talk to their hearts at the very end. And then say, if you, I've had people come up to me and say, Tim, I wish I was gifted like you on the piano. I go, or I wish I was creative. I can't write songs. I say, are you saved? And they'll say, yes. I say, then the creator of the universe is living in you. His latest project is entitled Living in a Coffee World. Tim Lovelace here on The Intersection. You can find out more through timlovelace.com. Well, this is The Intersection, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more by going to meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. At The Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on the podcast. Also, there is a link to the podcast in the Media Center. It's also available through iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. There's also a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. You can also find conversations from the Meeting House through the Faith Radio app, as well as a variety of podcast platforms, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Learn more through the Meeting House homepage. Continuing now with the Intersection podcast, it's communications expert Becky Harling. She is the author of a book called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk, Deepen Your Connection, and Strengthen Their Confidence, she talked with me at the Christian Product Expo Winter 2021 show in Charlotte. Here now, from that conversation, is Becky Harling. I think that as Christians, oftentimes we've done a huge disservice to our kids because we have, whether verbally or non-verbally, sent them the message that to experience emotion is wrong. And yet, if you hmm. think about it, your child was created in the image of God. And God expressed all the emotions. God got angry. God loves passionately. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. And so we, we are made in the image of an emotional God. And so our children are going to feel emotion. And especially in this COVID season, anxiety is much higher for our kids because they're hearing news reports and all of this. So I think what I like to tell parents most is, number one, no emotion is wrong per se. How you handle your emotions can be right or wrong, but it's not wrong to feel angry or frustrated or hurt or sad or lonely or anything. Help them identify their emotions. I, I think one of our little grandsons, Steve and I have grandkids now, and that's kind of the dessert at the end of your parenting journey. <laughs> but one of our little grandsons was pretty frustrated because his little sister wrote and scribbled all over his art project. And at the time, Noah had just turned four and his little sister was two. And he got so angry, he flipped his chair over. So, and his mom was talking to the sister who had scribbled on his project. And I said, hey, Noah, do you feel frustrated? And I said, frustrated is when you just feel 
agitated because your sister did something you didn't want her. He said, yes, Mimi. And I said, well, next time, instead of throwing your chair over, why don't you say, I feel frustrated. And I didn't know if Noah got it. A few hours later, his sister <laughs> wrecked his train track, and Noah came dancing into the living room saying, I feel frustrated. And I thought, okay, there's a win, because we've got to let our kids know that it's okay to feel, and we've got to walk them through it, validate their feelings, help them identify their feelings, and then bring Jesus in. Well, Becky, as we conclude, you were talking about a conversation that your husband, Steve. Steve once was the leader of Reach Beyond, yes. formerly HCJB Global, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now is embarking on a new organization. He and your son are, are partnering together on that. But he w- was talking to the, the gentleman that was driving the taxi, yeah. I believe he was, who was a, a Muslim, and, and he had asked that question. And the, the Muslim guy said, well, you know, you Christians are just telling us what we should believe rather than than listening or uh, you know, exhibiting understanding. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that perhaps there's an application to kids. As we think about spiritual development, so often we as parents, we do want to, we want our children to have a healthy spiritual life and mm-hmm. want to teach them spiritual things. How do you see that listening to your kids can actually help them in their spiritual development. You know, it is huge for kids because as parents, our temptation is to talk nonstop. I mean, it's like (laughs) brush your teeth, make your bed, pack up your homework, you know, hurry up, get your homework done, wash your hands, eat dinner, whatever. And, And I think when we put the pause in and we say, Lord Jesus, develop in me the ability to really hear my child's heart. And once you've really heard your child's heart, then you can bring Jesus into the situation. But if you're talking nonstop and you bring up Jesus and all you ever do is talk and you're not listening, they're going to put up a wall against Jesus. And and the goal is to listen to their hearts so that they know that they have a God who bends down to listen, like it says in the Psalms. You know, one of the things I love to tell parents that's really practical is listen so you know how to pray. Each of your kids is created differently in the image of God. They all have different personalities. Listen so you know how to pray, and then learn the power of praying scripture over that need. So if you have a child that is struggling with fear or anxiety, there are some great verses on that. Start praying it for your child. If you have a child who's struggling with lying, begin praying the truth of God's word over that child's heart. So learn to listen so you know how to pray. Becky Harling here on The Intersection. You can find out more by going to beckyharling.com. Well, The Intersection continues now with Jason Sobel as we break away from the conversations at the CPE Winter 2021 show in Charlotte, North Carolina. Messianic Rabbi Jason Sobel is founder of Fusion Global and discuss some of the principles on which he elaborates in the book, Mysteries of the Messiah, Unveiling Divine Connections from Genesis to Today. Here now from that conversation is Jason Sobel. I was so excited to watch the Super Bowl in high definition, and I watched it. I was like, man, this isn't that great. Then at the end of the show, I was flipping through the channels, and I realized I had a revelation. The higher stations were the high definition stations, 
the lower stations were the standard definition. I watched the whole game oh, in no. standard definition because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. And I feel like many Christians, many believers read the Bible in standard definition. And when we mm -hmm. see how the old and the new comes together, it makes it come alive. I want to follow up with you with respect to this concept of really seeing the Bible in high definition. How can a greater understanding of the Old Testament really help us to see and appreciate more about Jesus, our Messiah? Oh my goodness. I just like, for here's an example, right? The symbol of Christianity is the cross. Mm -hmm. One of the things we talk about in the book is the mystery of the tree, right? Which is, you know, of all the ways Jesus could have died, why did he have to die on the cross? Well, think about it for a moment. How did sin enter the world? The first man and woman stole from the tree. So what does God do? He puts back on the tree for you and me to make an atonement and to make a repair for the sin of the first man and woman stealing from the tree. Now, the other thing with that is it's amazing is that Jesus had a crown of thorns on his head. Well, why does he have a crown of thorns on his head? Well, what's the curse of creation? The ground will produce thorns and thistles. He's literally taking the curse of creation on his head as the second Adam to reverse the curse and restore the blessing. And so when you see the details come together, it's meant to give us hope that God is working in the details from the very beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. And in the same way he's working in the details of our life, everything will come to pass as a reason and purpose for it all. When we look at the Old Testament, we see, of course, the fall in the book of Genesis, and we yeah. see in the Torah God's relationship with his people, the, the covenant relationship with, with Abraham, and we see the, the situation involving Moses and the people coming out of Egypt into the promised land. And, you know, just, just today, as a matter of fact, I was reading about the Passover in the book of yeah. Exodus. And this, again, is a foreshadowing of the Passover lamb, the perfect sacrifice, who would be sacrificed for us. And we see a lot in the pages of the Scripture in the Old Testament. There's really, as you might say, a system with respect to sacrifices, the way yeah. that people would relate to God. Even as we look at that, we see the presence of Jesus. So connect for us the, as we might say, the sacrificial, and, and I don't know if I'm completely correct in using the word system, but it is, you know, there, there, are, there are sacrifices, there are practices that the people of God engaged in that are different than what we as believers in Christ here under the new covenant believe. So how do the, how do the two connect? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's incredible, right? It's, as we head into this kind of as we head to this countdown towards mm -hmm. Passover, Easter, right? So the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there'll be no remission of sins, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the shedding of the blood, the power of the blood to bring uh, forgiveness, the laying of the hands on the animal, the confessing of the sins over it, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Uh, there is there's no, there's only forgiveness comes through the shedding of the blood. The amazing thing is that began really the Passover was so foundational. The, the Moses says, God tells Moses, put the blood of the lamb on the door. When I see the blood on the door, I will pass over your home. The amazing thing about that is the blood actually forms a picture of a cross. The blood was placed on the top, on the two sides of the doorpost, 
and on the bottom of the doorpost uh, and the basin as well. And so it's so amazing. And actually the cross is in the shape of an ancient Hebrew letter. We talk about it in Mysteries of the Messiah, the letter <laughs> Tav. So the cross is actually a Jewish symbol. So when they were putting the blood on their home, they were putting the, the, the letter Tav on their home. Tav in Hebrew is the letter of truth. It is the seal of truth. And so literally the cross is meant to seal us with the truth for salvation. Jason Sobel here on The Intersection. You can learn more by going to mysteriesofthemessiahbook.com. Well, we are about to wrap up this edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured here on The Intersection Podcast. There's also a link to the podcast in the Media Center. You can also find it on iTunes. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community, and the other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House program. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Plus, there's a link to video content. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.